Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Movie Dicks Podcast. I am Gabriel Chavez. And I am Paul Schindel at Humor Leisure. <laughs> Today, we attempt to reanimate the dead corpse of a movie that is Resident Evil. But first, this is a comedy podcast. If you have not seen the movie we are about to shit on and you want to avoid spoilers, stop now. But if you don't care about spoilers and want to laugh and learn why this movie sucks so bad, grab that briefcase with the levels on it. It will help you not drop the vials of toxic shit inside of it. (laughs) Without further ado, let's hand it over to Pablo Francisco. A special military unit fights a powerful, out-of-control supercomputer and hundreds of scientists who have mutated into flesh-eating creatures after a laboratory accident. Oh, it's not the worst tagline that I've ever read. You know, like it's straight yeah, to the point. It's, uh, it's not terrible. <laughs> no. This is a Screen Gems release, so Sony again, god damn it, through Constantine Film, New Legacy, Davis Films, Impact Films, Capcom, of course, because video game, and supported by three fucking German film board companies I won't even try to pronounce, one of which has 21 letters in its title and an umlaut, so fuck that, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce that shit. This is also uncreditedly produced by Hollywood Pictures, Film 4, and Intermedia Films. I'm not even going to go into Scream Gems this week as we've looked at them before with Johnny Mnemonic. God damn it, I keep forgetting the name of the title is The Vow, not Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> Fuck. As for Constantine Film, they have had a hand in 1,544 movies and TV shows over the years. Amongst them, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, a.k.a. the best Western movie ever made. I thought you were saying the other week that uh, Once Upon a Time in the West was your favorite. No, 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 no. I said Once Upon a Time in America is my favorite Sergio Leone movie. Uh... The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is the best Western ever made, like, by far, hands down. So They also did Fernando Murray's Masterpiece, City of God, Miyazaki's Spirited Away, the foreign release of one of David Fincher's masterpieces known as Seven, a TV show that I worked on, the masterful HBO TV series from Steve Zalian known as The Night Of, The Incredible Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Wolfgang Peterson's DOS Boat, by far the best submarine movie and unquestionably one of the finest movies ever made. For a few dollars more, Citizen fucking Kane, the brilliant Hitler biopic known as (laughs) Downfall with Bruno Gons, Akira Kurosawa's Ran, Berman's The Seventh Seal, and a fuck ton more. They also did the fucking travesty of a movie known as Crossroads with Britney Spears, a.k.a. the 62nd worst movie of all time on the IMDb. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the, the Blues Man Crossroads. No, no. Which is a pretty entertaining movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> full, this movie is a full four places better than The Room, though, and 31 places worse than Speed 2 Cruise Control. Scary Movie 5, Backtrace with Stallone, Wrong Turn 5, and some fucking show named Shadowhunters, which I have no idea what the hell that is. New Legacy only did this movie and the Paul W.S. Anderson version of The Three Musketeers with Logan Lerman and wife Mila Jovovich, who only acts because hubby Paul directs her. More on that later. Davis Films did the underrated but silly Silent Hill in 2006, which I have to say I give 
big props to in style and execution and high marks off for story despite the fact that I have it in my collection. One of my all-time favorite movies, True Romance, the remake of Hellboy with David Harbour, Rambo Last Blood, a.k.a. Rambo Home Alone version, <laughs> <laughs> the funny Hitman's Bodyguard, the awful PG-13 Travesty Expendables 3, George Clooney's Incredible Good Night and Good Luck, Freeway, a.k.a. the movie that Reese Witherspoon first got naked for, and the brilliant Tom Tickwer-directed Perfume, The Story of a Murderer, a movie that stumped Spielberg and Scorsese for 30 years on how to adapt it. It defies description, and you should totally see it. I fucking love that movie. It's weird as shit. It's fucked up. It's just... <laughs> It's everything that I love about movies and filmmaking. But it's just the way that he manages to bring smell into the yeah. sense of the movie and everything like that. Yeah. It's pretty brilliant. So go see it. And it's a good serial killer movie. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, though, I would not want to know what that 18th century orgy smelled like because <laughs> that, that must have been awful to smell that's all i'm saying <laughs> impact films is paul ws anderson's company they did death race 4 beyond anarchy the 2008 version of death race with jason statham pompeii the abomination that is aliens versus predator pandorum the splatter flick event horizon and the upcoming trash fest known as monster hunter Event Horizon. I didn't know that was Paul W.S. Anderson, but uh, yeah, I give that yeah. one props. That's good. You know? <laughs> I like that movie a lot. Honestly, <laughs> I'm gonna get to that in a second. So All let's right. let's circle back to that. But Capcom, of course, is the video game company and has had a hand in almost 500 movies and video games. I'm not gonna go into very many of them, but among them, have you have you played the Resident Evil games? Yeah, I played. Uh -huh. I don't know. I played probably half of the first one and I kind of gave up on it just because of the fucking voice acting is so goddamn <laughs> terrible in that thing. I tried to play five minutes of that and the controls just, I was like, nah, yeah, they suck. They suck. I'm They're dead. terrible. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's my experience with those games. I haven't played any of the new ones, but I've seen some like really great like shit on YouTube and whatnot of how like fucking horrifyingly built those games are in terms of like their grotesqueries. But I, I honestly yeah. can't speak to anything Resident Evil beyond half of the first game that I played. I just don't give a shit to ever go back to it, to be honest with you. Even though I'm kind of intrigued by the world that they create, but it's for me, it's just not worth it. But anyway, among them, and in excluding Anderson's movies, are Spielberg's poorly adapted but entertaining Ready Player One, which, as we have mentioned before, is perhaps the most entertaining book that I've ever read, U571, and, of course, the Street Fighter movies, just... God damn, dude. Not the Sonny Chiba ones, but the video no, games. No, not the Sonny Chiba. <laughs> <laughs> Which are pretty awesome, but Yeah, way. no, but, the first uh, the first Sonny Chiba Street Fighter when they use that x-ray vision to like see him crushing skulls of people when he's like hammering down on their yeah, heads pretty bad that's pretty dope dude <laughs> but nobody's done that since then dude and it's just it's a fucking shame because you saw that one guy's like brain pan explode when sunny <laughs> chief hit him in the top of the head and i was like this is amazing 
<laughs> but there are 11 producers to blame for this affront to God. I only want to concentrate on burned. I I don't know how to fucking say this German name. Eichinger, Daniel Kletzky, and Chris Symes. Burned, who was German, if you couldn't tell, produced 82 movies before his death in 2011. He did the 1984 cult favorite, The NeverEnding Story. The first Fantastic Four movie, that's the 1994 movie, as well as the 2005 versions that were made for an even million dollars for the first one and a hundred million dollars, respectively, <laughs> and both fucking sucked. He also did the Leslie Nielsen, Rest in Peace Leslie, comedy, Wrongfully Accused, the rather excellent, if problematic, Oscar-nominated Nowhere in Africa, the aforementioned but unbelievably powerful, timely and timeless movie Downfall, the aforementioned perfume story of a murderer, the excellent batter Meinhof complex, as well as the zany DOA Dead or Alive with Jamie Presley, which is just awful. It's not the Takashi Miike Dead or Alive that you would remember, yeah, Paul. Yeah, I was thinking about that. No. Yeah, no, I wish it was. I, I saw it on his filmography and I was like, oh my god, really? Like, Takashi... <laughs> oh, never mind. Fuck. Daniel Kletzky, if you're listening, you clearly have no idea what makes a good movie and you should stop berating the world with stupidity. David did Final Fantasy The Spirits Within, which not only bombed at the box office, it was truly the most underwhelming experience I think I have ever had in a movie theater he did two resident evil movies dead or alive and oh yeah house of the dead an ool bowl movie that not only permanently stained the career of dos boats commander jurgen Prochnow, but also is the eighth worst movie of all time on imdb being surpassed only by the paris hilton movie the hottie and the naughty kurt cameron saving christmas birdemic shock and terror <laughs> manos the hands of fate codename cause super babies baby geniuses 2 and disaster movie Congratulations, David. That achievement alone is enough for me to always hate you. Lastly, Chris Symes did Aliens vs. Predator, The Disaster That Is Aragon, and Immortals, a movie that Tarsem Seng followed The Fall with in 2011 and completely let us down. You remember that flick, dude, with fucking Mickey Rourke? Isn't and the uh, stunt guy, or was that something else? No, 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 no. It was like this sword and sandals epic that like took place in like Herculean times mm. and... You know, we, you and I were both excited for it because we had, like, obsessed yeah. over the fall for, like, a while, and then yeah. Tarson was coming out with this new R-rated movie, and it looked dope from the trailer, and then we went and saw oh, it, and it was like, yeah. what it the fuck? totally underwhelming, and I <laughs> yeah. forgot that I saw it, so there yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> His one claim to good movies is that he produced Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, which is a really well-made movie that's really beautifully designed by Guillermo del Toro, but other than that... Everything else that he's done is suck. This movie stars Mila Jovovich and Michelle Rodriguez. And really, that's it. That's no it. one else in this movie <laughs> that I recognize even 18 years after seeing it. She made her first impression with me in the 1992 Robert Downey Jr. starring film Chaplin, where Robert Downey Jr. played Charlie Chaplin, The Great Dazed and Confused, and of course, The Fifth Element which I have sort of a problem with because I fucking hate Chris Tucker in that movie, but... <laughs> 
I think he's great. I, think he's I love Gary Oldman ever. in that movie, man. Yeah. I love Gary Oldman. I love Bruce Willis, but like Chris Tucker is just annoying for the entirety of that movie, and he fucking pisses me off. Right. She was also in Spike Lee's He Got Game, opposite Denzel Washington, the rather underrated The Messenger, the story of Joan of Arc, Zoolander, the awful movie Ultraviolet, the underwhelming and formulaic Stone with Robert De Niro and Edward Norton, as well as the new Hellboy with David Harbour. Oh, and she's in nine of her husband Paul W.S. Anderson's <laughs> movies. I don't How many get of these this... Resident Evil movies are out now? Like uh, six I think there's six, six or seven, something yeah, like that. Yeah. It's six. It's six, yeah. Six of them. I don't get this kind of casting. Yeah, you love your wife and all, but to cast her in all of your movies from then on, it makes your movies feel cheap and tawdry rather than interesting when I see them. And when I do see them, I think you should have cast someone else who would be better. That's all I can say. I mean, you probably save a lot of money, though. Yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. To pay her, right? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> well, uh, fucking, what was it? The fourth or the fifth movie they shot in South Africa, and there's actually a stunt woman that I follow on Instagram. She was Mila's like stand-in for that movie for the stunt sequences, and down there in South Africa, apparently they were doing the shot where she had to like, you know, it's a very simple action shot where she has to drive toward camera on a dirt bike, and they boom up out of the way as she speeds toward camera. You know, of course they put a stunt woman on the vehicle for this in case something goes wrong, so that way Mila doesn't get fucked up. But anyway. I guess the cinematographer moved the camera three feet closer to the stunt woman and like wanted to time it so that way he was a lot closer to her before they boomed up and nobody told the stunt woman. And when it happened, like the camera didn't get out of the way fast enough for the speed that she was going and it collided into her shoulder blade. Oh. And it literally fucking twisted her spine and broke like several vertebrae, fucked up her clavicle, fucked up her arm, all this nerve damage and shit. But she ended up losing her arm. They had to amputate her arm and she is permanently out of this business because of that accident. And the most fucked up thing is, is that apparently in South Africa, they only require you to have $30,000 worth of insurance on your movie, (laughs) which of course doesn't cover such a catastrophic injury like that. But this is all to say that stunt people are constantly put in danger. That is their job, yes. But, like, like they don't have an organized guild and SAG doesn't do anything about it. And it pisses me off. I'm like, dude, yeah. this woman is literally scarred for the rest of her life and is missing a fucking arm for a Resident Evil movie. And, like, nobody seems to give a shit that this happened. I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you for that alone, Paul Anderson, you piece <laughs> of shit. Moving on. (laughs) The lovely Michelle Rodriguez co-stars in this movie. We previously saw her in episode 11's Dances with Smurfs remake called Avatar. And I really do love this woman. And I am sorry, Michelle, that you were in a two for two here on our podcast. But again, see Girl Fight and Widows. Do not see the assignment. Fuck that movie. (laughs) She does steal the show in this movie. Like she's by far the most interesting character and oh, she has the best screen presence so you know i was like oh thank god someone shows up to this movie at least right, so. right. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even going to attempt to talk about anyone else in this movie as i just don't give a shit about any one of their careers and their abilities as actors you had to use the air quotes i had to use the air quotes fuck them man fuck them <laughs> you don't sue me motherfucker i dare you <laughs> 
Who are you talking to? Me or no, 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 the no, no, actors? No, no, no. I'm saying the actors. <laughs> fuck the actors, man. Fuck you. No, I, I wouldn't tell you to sue me. You right. could, I guess you could try to Isn't sue me. I don't like know what the, the fuck main you sue me dude. For. He's in something. <laughs> like her. <laughs> I don't know. I recognize him from like a TV show where he plays a cop or some shit. But I, I don't even know his you, name. Dude. All right. I really don't know. And I don't give a shit. So, I, really I don't, don't. know. Yeah. <laughs> this movie was written and directed and produced by Paul W.S. Anderson. First and foremost, do not confuse him for the absolute American treasure that is Paul Thomas Anderson. They aren't related and they absolutely could not be more different. While P.T. Anderson is the pinnacle of what an original voice in filmmaking looks like with the unimpeachable movies There Will Be Blood, Boogie Nights, Hard Eight, Punch Drunk Love, Magnolia, The Master, Phantom Thread, and indeed Inherent Vice, W.S. is the prime example on how not to make a movie. W.S. directed four Resident Evil movies, the martial arts video game buffoonery known as Mortal Kombat, Soldier with Kurt Russell, the hyper-violent and annoying Shopping, which is his debut movie, Alien vs. Predator, Death Race with Jason Statham, The Three Musketeers, the ancient epic Pompeii. Is that the one with, uh, what's his name from Game of Thrones? Yes. Uh, I haven't heard much from him. Yeah. What's his name? What? Kit, Kit something? Uh, Kit Harrington, yeah. 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 No, it's because much. he okay. was in yeah. this fucking thing called Game of Thrones, which had, like, the worst mm. series finale that I can remember. <laughs> Where they literally took a shit on you watching for the last eight years this like storyline with fucking Jon Snow, and then they're just like, oh yeah, you remember all that about like uh, his lineage and like all those fucking side stories and how he's like this great guy that like totally should be king. Yeah, fuck you. We're gonna give it to Bran. Bran should be king. Fuck it. And he just ends <laughs> up back on the wall, and it's like, what the fucking shit, man? Like, what was the point of all that? Like, all these fucking, all these scenes and all these fucking, you know, seasons of the of the TV show, and you're just gonna dump all over me and say, oh yeah, that, that didn't mean anything. Fuck it. It doesn't matter. He's just gonna go back on the wall. Your expectations were cast aside and shat upon. So. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But Paul W.S. Anderson has directed the four Resident Evil movies, like I said, and Pompeii, which made me wish that I had lived the natural disaster rather than watch the movie, as I would at least be rewarded with the sweet embrace of death rather than having to remember that I watched the movie. <laughs> the, God the damn. Up, yeah, fuck you. It's a terrible movie, dude. Did you see it? It's just no, it's fucking awful, man. He also directed the upcoming Monster Hunter as well as the splatter cult flick called Event Horizon. He's like Roland Emmerich in that he needs to go back to film school to learn what makes a good movie, but considerably less intelligible and entertaining. That's the God's honest truth, dude. I don't find Paul <laughs> W.S. Anderson to be entertaining. At least Roland's movies yeah. are somewhat entertaining, even if they are stupid. This movie opened on March 15th, 2002 at 2,528 theaters and was produced for $33 million. Side note, March is a hit or miss month. Oftentimes a horror flick released in March is bad, but I have been proven wrong with Get Out, Us, Unsane, Annihilation, and many others recently breaking the mold of the early spring doldrums. However, Resident Evil does not qualify in this same list. <laughs> this movie opened in second place with a $17.7 million weekend. $29 million above it that weekend was the cruelty to animals family flick called Ice Age, the original that is, <laughs> in its first week. <laughs> 
And below it, in descending order, was the lackluster Robert De Niro, Eddie Griffin-led comedy known as Showtime in its first week. The I Can't Believe This Was Made by the Grandson of H.G. Wells abhorrent adaptation, The Time Machine, with Guy Pearce in its second week. And lastly, rounding out the top five, was the Mel Gibson shadow-directed Vietnam War movie by Braveheart scribe Randall Wallace, known as We Were Soldiers in its third week. Side note. Two other awful movies were in the top 10 in this same weekend. 40 Days and 40 Nights with the Muppet known as Josh Hartnett. Did you see that? It's fucking awful, dude. I fucking hate that movie. Wait, does that have Anne Heche in it too? Or is that it? I don't remember Anne Heche in that, but it has been so long since I've seen that. No, I'm thinking of the movie where she's opposite Harrison Ford. Oh, you're talking about um, shit. Uh, Whatever. (laughs) Whatever, yeah. <laughs> and the Denzel Washington-led manipulative sob fest known as John Q that isn't entirely inaccurate in its premise, but I digress. Seriously, that movie, like Breaking Bad, is about a guy that can't afford his medical bills, and he chooses to turn to violence and crime in order to pay his medical bills in the United States. Like, only in this fucking country would we have something like that. Like, it's fucking insanity. That movie, it's called Six Days, Seven Nights. That's, That's it. Why. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you for that. It would have driven me nuts if I didn't remember that. <laughs> Also, side note, Mexican maestro Alfonso Caron debuted his brilliant E Tu Mama Tambien this same weekend to a $408,000 opening weekend. So while people were wasting time with the entirely forgettable top five, an actual good movie is floundering in the 29th spot this same weekend. (laughs) This is why we can't have nice things, America. I mean, that movie doesn't exactly have broad appeal with its, like, turn to gay sex and oh come on man well when they when they dp her i mean come on (laughs) (laughs) it's a great movie don't get me wrong it is great great we don't have to talk shit about it but uh you know i don't think american audiences were really prepared to see that on the big screen for some reason But this is why we can't have nice things, America. You'd rather see a squirrel who was a complete afterthought by the fucking editor, by the way, get tortured rather than see a good movie. But again, I digress. Did you know that, Paul, that Scrat in uh, Ice Age was actually the editor that suggested they add that character? And he's the best fucking thing about those movies. The reason I watch the Ice Age movies is just to see Scrat get fucked up. That's the only reason. (laughs) But again, I digress. Resident Evil was in theaters for 292 days and would go on to muster $40.1 million domestically and $62.8 million worldwide, yielding a $102.9 million haul, or with advertising costs, a $36.9 million profit. So, one of the few that we've watched that has made a decent amount back at the box office. I'll take it wasn't, I think the yeah, whole series is topped a billion, hasn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, uh, that's something. For a bunch I of shit movies. Uh, yeah, a bunch of really bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> this opening makes Resident Evil the 100th best opening for a movie in the month of March. Again, not great. Below it was the 2007 Sandra Bullock starring fantasy thriller known as Premonition, which is awful, by the way, and has a solid 29 on Metacritic. And above it was the 2009 bromance comedy with Paul Rudd and Jason Segel known as I Love You, Man. Side note. 
the number one movie in the month of March of all time was the live-action Beauty and the Beast remake from 2017 with Emma Watson. And the last-placing movie is Police Academy 3 back in training <laughs> from 1986. This opening also makes Resident Evil the 176th opening of all time for a movie on Easter weekend. The 2004 Kevin Smith-directed Ben Affleck Liv Tyler starring Jersey Girl sits below it. Shout out, fuck you, Kevin. Smith and the 2016 Gerard Butler Morgan Freeman travesty known as London Has Fallen sits above it. In case you were wondering, the number one spot holder for Easter weekend of all time is perhaps the worst movie I've ever seen up until I saw Cats, and that is the 2016 <laughs> Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. That fucking movie, like, I just, I don't even. That's one that I'm just vetoing right now, Paul. I cannot sit through that fucking pile of shit. I figured, like, The Passion of the Christ would be number one Easter movie. You know? That's a no. classic family movie to go see <laughs> with your kids on Easter. Torture and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Did we see that in theaters? Did you and I go see that in theaters? I can't remember. I saw it in theaters, yeah. I remember yeah, I saw it in like theaters. In I just don't remember if it was down with Skoro. you. Did you see it? Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't see it. You saw it with a Jew, and that was, uh, that was an interesting <laughs> experience. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right 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 i do remember your story about that but by the way the worst placing movie over the easter weekend is the excellent 2007 don Cheadle adam sandler 9-11 drama known as rain over me which is an excellent example of great acting by sandler i will give him that i will give him punch drunk love and i will give him uncut gems but other than that <laughs> seriously i just i don't know what to say maybe about we adam should sandler. review his uh newest halloween movie on netflix that is a possibility yeah. <laughs> uh, the country that avoided Resident Evil like the infectious plague that it is was Egypt with a $7,760 opening weekend and a $33,127 gross. The top grossing movie of all time in Egypt was the 2019 The Blue Elephant Part 2. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Arabic title because I will only fuck it up with a 102,954,000 Ghanaia, I don't know how to say that word, aka Egyptian pounds, or 6.557 million US dollars. If you haven't heard of it, that's okay, neither have I, but it is an Egyptian movie, so cheers to them for supporting their cinema rather than watching American bullshit movies. <laughs> not, they're probably not too into the Avengers and Captain America. Yeah, probably not. Not. <laughs> At an Average ticket cost of 20.1 Guinea. I, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly again, or LE as is the abbreviation for their currency in 2002 per ticket, or $5.90 American. That brings total asses and seats to 5,614.75 people saw this movie in Egypt during its release. So, did we decide that the three quarter person Paul was named Camille 515? I, I think I'm going to go with that. <laughs> That's not three quarters, Gabe. Yeah, you're right. Fuck. Wait, no, five fifteenths. That would be point seven five. Right? No. no. What am I? What the fuck am I doing? Five fifteenths <laughs> is a third. Motherfucker. You're right. So your fuck me. Okay. Camille, three quarters. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Camille. We haven't seen you since episode twenty-four when we saw ten thousand BC in Nigeria. With a total population of 71.49 million people in 2002, that means that 7.854 ten thousandths of 1% of Egypt saw Resident Evil during its release. 
So in other words, the infection didn't spread in Egypt, unlike in America, where we embrace this movie like we did the fucking coronavirus. <laughs> but again, I digress. <laughs> Resident Evil has a surprisingly decent 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb with 244,328 votes, a 33 on Metacritic, and a splatty 36 on RottenTomatoes.com, as well as an identical to IMDb with an audience score of 67%. By the way, this critic score on Rotten Tomatoes places Resident Evil in the same league as Six Underground, and its Metacritic makes it identical to The Tourist. So, not great bedfellows here. This movie ranks highest amongst... Guess, Paul. Who do you um, think this ranks highest against? Men less than 18 years old, I would say. Females aged 45 plus with a 7.1 out of 10. <laughs> What the fuck? Okay, huh. so Paul and lowest uh, amongst uh, whom? Uh, males, eighteen to thirty-five. Males aged less than eighteen with a six point huh. zero out of ten. This is completely opposite. I wouldn't have thought this. I don't know if Mila Jovovich uh, has like some sort of draw on the female audience, forty-five so. plus, but like. Yeah. How is it that males aged less than 18 who are probably playing video games and jerking off to women that look like Mila Jovovich, like, aren't all over this movie? Like, what the fuck is with this statistic? I'm so confused by this. This week, I am brain dead upon glancing at the 9% of voters or 21,948 people who voted Resident Evil a perfect fucking 10 best movie ever made on IMDb. God damn you people. God the damn fuck? 22,000 people, Paul. Are these <laughs> the kind of people that like drink Clorox or like smoke fucking Tide Pods or like what the fuck, man? You ever go over to someone's house and you're like sitting there talking to them and you start glancing at their DVD collection and you're like, <laughs> what the fuck? I, know, I, know. I can't. I can't. I'm leaving. I know. <laughs> Can't I know. I know, dude. <laughs> this would be one of those movies on there, and then they'd have like two or three of the sequels, you know? Yeah. Inevitably, the Scorpion King would be in there somewhere <laughs> as well. <laughs> uh, my favorite reviews this week begin with Charles Savage of the Miami Herald. Chuck chews out, quote, such a bad movie that its luckiest viewers will be seated next to one of those ignorant pinheads who talk throughout the show, end quote. Original score, <laughs> zero out of four stars. Side wow. note, right. if movie theaters ever reopen in New York and I sit next to you and you talk during the movie or pull out your phone or do any number of the annoying fucking things assholes do in movie theaters these days, I fucking promise you I will cut you into pieces with my mobile laser grid weapon. Just shut up and pay attention to the goddamn movie. For context, please see the opening scene to Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie film for theaters. Anyway. Legendary film critic, the late great Roger Ebert, scribes, quote, The movie is Dawn of the Dead crossed with John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars with zombies not as ghoulish as the first and trains not as big as the second, end quote. Original score, one out of four stars. Have you seen Ghosts of Mars, dude? That movie is fucking unbelievably Terrible. bad. 
But <laughs> I just don't understand. I don't understand. And until I read that, until I read that fucking quote, I hadn't remembered Ghosts of Mars for probably the better part of 20 years. I hadn't remembered that movie. My last favorite review of the week comes from Lauren King of the Boston Globe. Lauren bites down hard on the pimple-faced hormone creatures that are Resident Evil's audience with, quote, a video game come movie that substitutes shrieking decibel levels for a coherent plot and any resemblance to originality. Original score, one out of four stars. Lastly, Resident Evil is rated R for strong sci-fi horror violence, language, and sexuality nudity. So, Paul... What? Sexuality nudity? Where? Yeah, there's like, she gets fucked by her fake husband in that one scene, like there's some thrusting and shit, and then like, you see Whatever. her nipple... That's all... Oh, that's you see all her PG-13. nipple when she's in the shower, and then you think... see kind of no, dude. You see part of her bush at the end when she's oh like sliding back, and as soon as you show a bush, that's it. R rating, solid, uh, right there. Yeah. This is the most PG thirteen movie, by the way. <laughs> this is such a PG thirteen. I'm trying to I think if there's any real R rated violence in this. I mean, probably no, the guy getting cut in the cubes. That's pretty R rated, I guess. Yeah, but they don't show the cubes falling into the chunks that they should, you know. It, it's all cut away. And then you sort of see them and they're walking down. Yeah, it's it's not. And they don't see, like, the pile of hamburger on the ground either. <laughs> like, they don't. They just step over it, but you never see it. So I just... know. It's a shame. It's a shame. <sighs> Why would you do yeah. that if you're making a Resident Evil movie? Yeah. Fuck it's, you. I know. The games are, like, so much more violent. And uh -huh. this is just this is such a cop-out. It's what happens when you make a fucking movie like this, dude. I mean, you you want to try to get your money back, but you know, you make a thirty million dollar movie, thirty million is that right? I don't remember. Anyway, it doesn't fucking matter. It's a piece of shit movie, so fuck this movie <laughs> up the ass. All right, that's the end of the show. Thanks a lot. For visiting with <laughs> fuck this movie up the ass. Have a good night. We'll see you next week. So, Paul, it's October first, nineteen thirty three. 20,000 people sit in the stands of Yankee Stadium off 161st Street in the Bronx. That's only a third full, by the way. It's a cool 65 degrees and partly cloudy as the Boston Red Sox, you fucking people from Boston saying it weird, <laughs> take on our New York Yankees. It is the bottom of the fifth, and you see Smeed Jolly. Yes, this is how people were named in western Arkansas in 1902, apparently, standing in the outfield. The six foot three, two hundred and ten pound, thirty one year old who looks like he's fucking fifty, Jesus, times were hard back then, fumbles around with his glove. He works it open and rubs it down as if he's going to do some serious work. The Sox have failed to score a run these last four innings, but a crack from the legend that was Babe Ruth from pitcher Bob Klein should have woken up dear old Smeed. It doesn't. While it didn't matter as the babe was hitting yet another home run to add to his already legendary career, however, Smeed somehow still did not look up. Smeed holds the distinction of being on our list this week because the very next batter, Doc Farrell of the New York Yankees, cracked a hit straight to the outfield. Now prepare yourself for this one, Paul, okay? Are you ready? Smeed has the ball fly straight toward him and fucking misses the catch, right? 
But that's not the worst part. The ball races between his legs like a scared mouse looking for a home. It hits the wall as Smeed turns around and rolls back under his legs a fucking second time like a drunk toddler trying to catch a rogue frog hopping away from him. As Smeed turns a second time to catch the extremely elusive ball, he picks it up and hurls it toward what he thinks is third base to try to catch some men out, but Smeed, being the drunk toddler that he is, hurls the ball into the fucking stands and not into the awaiting glove of the third base teammate. This, this fucking backwoods string bean went straight three-year-old and couldn't get his brain under control long enough to do what his fucking job entailed. In the stands, what even happens? I don't, dude. They, I mean, it's a fucking out. It's it. They they call it errors when somebody does something like this. But Smeed made three errors on this one fucking catch, and it added to his already ninety-eight fucking errors for the season. <laughs> like this guy was a moron. But in the stands, Paul, you stand disappointed. You pick up the disastrous and offending ball, and you pitch this motherfucker to me, Paul. All right, all right, all right. I got an idea for a uh, a zombie movie here, right? It's called Resident Evil because all the kids, all the kids are playing these playstations and dreamcasts and things. <laughs> sure. Right? Those those are video games, by the way. Let me tell you about those. Right. Okay. You okay. you you hold a controller and and uh, it, you interact with it. All right. Like ColecoVision, right? Like ColecoVision. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, so, uh, Capcom, they own the property, Resident Evil. It's a couple games now. And, uh, we, we had George Romero, the icon of zombie film. Like, he wrote us a, a treatment, a script sure, for this sure. movie. And, uh, we're gonna throw that away and go with something more <laughs> Matrixy. Cause, okay. you know, all the kids are into the Matrix right now. You know, right, they wear those right, black right, trench coats yeah. around. My fucking what? son. Let me tell you about that fucking guy. <laughs> Just all the time. Black trench coats, talking about death and computers and shit. <laughs> so we're going to wrap all that shit up into this movie. We're going to have an out-of-control computer murdering people and, <laughs> and some zombies. And uh, we're going to throw in some uh, some teen masturbation material here. <laughs> you know, Amelia Jovovich, you know, we're going to get her. And uh, Michelle Rodriguez for the other for the other team, you know, if we want. Uh, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. In kind of girls going for it sure. you know tough film uh, oh all right so yeah we're gonna have some uh, inside out dogs like dobermans <laughs> but they're gonna be like inside out you know that's the, that's the okay. new zombie thing we're gonna okay. do you know the okay. original zombie otherwise it's a uh, pretty much standard bullshit <laughs> zombie affairs yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think it's a great idea. Uh, we're gonna film it in Germany with a bunch of no-name actors, and uh, we're gonna <laughs> make some bank. Love the cost cutting. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I could just write off thirty million towards you. You'll be able to run with that. That's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Even if we don't make any money, at least we get some good catering and uh, sure. You know, sure. German Spend food. Spend some time in Germany. Schnitzel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love schnitzel, man. You should give me yeah. some beer while you're over there. Belgian ales and shit. Yeah, definitely. Shut the fuck. They don't have Belgian <laughs> ales in Germany, you fucking asshole. I don't, I don't know geography. I'm a studio executive. What the fuck? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Nah, it's cheap. <laughs> All right. It's fine. Great. 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 Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So, Paul, number one, have you seen this movie before? Yeah, I think I watched it somewhere around the time where it came out. 
Yeah. Do you uh, remember it at all? Uh, I remember the laser scene, which is definitely the most memorable part, and that's about right. it. And that they were underground. Yeah. <laughs> so what's what's your gut reaction when you saw this fucking thing? Again? It was uh, it was really boring, especially <laughs> like after the laser happened, and they actually get down to like being chased by the zombies. That whole like third act, I don't yeah. really remember too much, even though I sat and watched it just a couple <laughs> days ago. And, yeah, you know, I remember being like, um, Michelle Rodriguez, she's cool, like kicks some ass. That's about it. So it's a piece yeah. of shit. Let's we'll yeah. go with that. Yeah. This yeah. this movie, I mean, okay. So I I will say that I think it's a piece of shit, but I don't think it's as bad as it could have been. I just think that it's completely lackluster and forgettable, and I think that that's the worst thing that a movie could be. Honestly, like, yeah. I will always remember Cats for as long as I fucking live. <laughs> as much as I don't want to, I will remember that. And you know, like, obviously, I'll remember all the great movies that I've seen over the years. But like, to have a movie that's just completely forgettable. Then maybe in yeah. twenty years I'll be like, oh yeah, that movie Resident Evil. Yeah, I remember that. And like, I think the most insulting part of this movie is the complete lack of zombie gore and violence. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, they they show people you know being eaten, but you never see any like actual like flesh tearing or entrails flying through the air or any of the <laughs> like hallmarks of a good zombie movie. Yeah. None yeah. of that's in there. It's a bunch of bullshit, and I. Yeah, and that's the worst thing, dude. Insulted. That's the worst thing too, is that it's rated R and they didn't go for any R rated violence. Like it's just kind of yeah. all and the, whatever. The sad part is that whole thing about George Romero, he did write a script for this. Really? Like uh, yeah, he did. I like, thought you were just joking about that. No, no. Cap <laughs> so Capcom like paid him to make a TV commercial for it in Japan, huh. like their game, and then they're like, you know what, why don't we uh we'll pay you to write a script? Wow. They didn't like it. They threw it away, even though he like <laughs> actually took the game and all the characters and a lot of the monsters and cool shit right. from the game and actually put them in the script. Whereas this movie has none of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like is, I don't think it relates like, at all to the, the games except... A glancing reference, yeah. This is right around the time when George Romero was still doing decent horror movies too. You know, like yeah. he, he hadn't really started to have his fall yet. Because George, like, right near the end, like, he had a fucking fall, man. Like, the last three zombie movies that he did, it was just like, oh, my God. Like, I can't believe that this is the same guy. It's fucking yeah. sad to see it go down. And then so he turned to, like, Maybe his visual... script did suck, and yeah. this movie could actually be better than what they got. But how, you can how, actually how, find the script online if you want to Really? Find I'll, it I'll have to dig it. it up and see what it what yeah. it's like. But did how was the, uh, did you watch the Japanese commercial? Was it any good? I mean, it's like pretty classic Romero zombie action kind of going. Okay. It's okay. not anything I mean, there's super no special. There's no flying through the air. Side note, I, I'll just say this. Side note, George Romero is my favorite zombie filmmaker. Like, he's the original, and oh, he did sure. so many great movies. But Day of the Dead fucked me up when oh, I was yeah. a kid, dude. When I saw that, it gave me yeah. nightmares. It gave me this sick feeling when I would think about it. And, like, it was one of the first <laughs> yeah. movies. It was one of the first movies that ever did that to me where it had this lasting impression that if I thought yeah. of that movie, even the name, feeling I would get this queasy yeah. feeling in my <laughs> yeah, stomach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and that, that that's fucking yeah, great, man. Like, I miss those kinds of zombie movies, man. Why can't yeah. those come back? This fucking hyper-violent... 
<laughs> fucking real gore or i'm sorry real you know effects gore and shit like that that shit was awesome man i mean the walking dead going over to like their visual effects bullshit where it's like all visual effects nowadays with the gore i mean i stopped watching that show a while ago like three fucking seasons ago or four seasons ago but besides the fact it's like if you're gonna make a zombie movie do real gore Make all right. the fucking zombie fans happy, please, and just hire a great makeup effects artist so you can throw some fucking entrails around, for God's sake. The requirements for a zombie movie, violence-wise, you have to have entrails somewhere. Yeah. And then you also have to have, like, a brain pan flying up in the air and brain <laughs> splattering on a wall or something for like sure. that. For sure. For sure. Otherwise, it's not a zombie movie and it's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. I mean, what's the main thing that they talk about zombies? The the only thing that everybody knows about zombies is that they eat brains, right? That they crave brains and they eat them. <laughs> and to not have that is just a fucking travesty, yeah. man. It and really you is. have to shoot them in the head. And yeah. Take some, like, I don't know, four or five scenes to actually figure that out. And I don't think they really shoot them in the head. <laughs> Do you remember them, like, actually shooting zombies in the head in this movie? I don't think so. I remember that she chops the one zombie's head in half or something like that, but she goes like lengthwise and it's still like its eyeballs moving or something like that. Huh. Or am I thinking of another movie? That's the I worst thing. I don't know if I'm remembering a different fucking movie here, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's the worst thing. Oh, my God. Okay, so right off the bat, Paul, reading text to me is irritating. If there's text on the screen, <laughs> I can read, motherfucker. Stop reading to me. But one thing I absolutely love of this movie that cannot be duplicated, and I'm being completely serious here, is Marilyn Manson's score, okay? Like, I gotta give half off the problems that I have with this fucking movie Wait, because... Wait, he did the score? Yeah, dude, Marilyn Manson did the score. I fucking love it. It's so good. But it's like, fucking, if you don't know, obviously I'm a huge Marilyn Manson fan, but like, I saw him in concert like in 2016. My wife bought me concert tickets like as a surprise, and I went and saw Marilyn Manson. And he is the only performer I've ever been to a concert with that I could tell that he was on the stage before the lights came up. Like, he has that much of a presence on stage. Like, when it was still dark, I knew the man was in the room. Nice. And like, he, dude, it was such a beautiful show. Like, the fucking production design and the visual effects that they used for the backdrop and all this other shit. It was a gorgeous fucking show. And the guy's been rocking. I mean, at the time that we had seen it, the guy had been rocking for like 23, 24 years. Yeah. And he still fucking slays it, man. Yeah. It's unbelievable, that guy. And he's like extremely intelligent. If you get a chance, read his autobiography, The Long Way Out of Hell. It's a fucking brilliant book, dude. It really is. He's such a smart guy. He just gets a bad rap. You know, unfortunately, people slough him off as like that goth slash like, you know, death metal rock. And that is not at all what <laughs> Marilyn Manson is. I just remember watching the MTV Music Video Awards and him coming out on the stage and assless chaps. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Remember remember his interview in Bowling for Columbine? Uh, maybe. Vaguely. That's like one of the best things that I can point to in terms of his intelligence because when he talks, like just on his own, he talks about like the pervasiveness of like gun culture and violence in America and he talks about like how they sexify guns and everything and that that's part of the fucking problem is that that's why Columbine happened is because there's this pervasive love of guns and sexuality tied to it 
that just makes guns look cool and it's fucking like his interview is great like check out that documentary not least of all for marilyn manson's fucking interview if you haven't seen it but paul why do the locks on the case have levels on them you know i joked about this in the opening but for real the locks spin on the case when he's taking it out and there's levels on each corner in the what, fucking twisty lock. Wait, which which lock is this now? Uh, the locks when he puts the virus, when he steals the virus at the beginning oh. of the movie, and you see him putting the things in the case. He closes the case, <laughs> and the locks twist close, and there's levels in the middle of each one of the fucking corners. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, what what does that do? He's gonna pick it up, it and the level means nothing. Perfectly level to open or something. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Now I really I enjoy the the biohazardous substance that glows blue and green. I mean, that's pretty obviously <laughs> dangerous stuff. You know, I mean, right, obviously. Um, and yeah, then like the any, spiral any DNA material. thing on the inside. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I gotta say, like this movie does has has some like fun kind of production design stuff going yeah. for it. Like the sets are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's got lasers, uh, which was fun. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I, mean, I, I got a question here: Are the Dobermans huh? in the facility for experimentation, or are they just to signal viral leaks? Because like it seems like if it's the latter, they should have some someone monitoring the Dobermans because the Dobermans are like going nuts when the fucking thing starts leaking into the air conditioning vent, and like nobody's there to monitor the Dobermans. And I'm like, there's like thirty of them. Like who the fuck is responsible for these Dobermans? They're obviously not listening to what the fucking Dobermans are freaking out about. <laughs> and if it is for experimentation, this is even worse, is that if it's for experimentation, Dobermans don't share any DNA commonalities with human beings. So it doesn't make sense if they're trying to make some sort of like drug or virus or something like that that's going to take over like human civilization. So it, it just completely makes no sense to have Dobermans in the facility. I mean, Other than mammals actually share, like any mammal you pick has a lot of DNA in common with humans so I but i mean know. if it you experiment be... on dogs though i don't i don't know i mean it's usually like what they experiment on mice rabbits and chimps or something like that. yeah usually it's like mice are the simplest and then upgrade rabbits and then yeah <laughs> like primates yeah. if you want something as close as possible to humans that's where you're yeah. gonna go but yeah. Dogs, I haven't heard so much about that. But if if it's the former, like I said, why the Dobermans? Are they creating a new euthanizing drug for dogs? Otherwise, is there? There's no point in testing on dogs. It, just, it doesn't fucking <laughs> make sense. Needed some Doberman zombies because <laughs> you're not going to be afraid of pomeranian zombie dogs are you <laughs> unless they're in a giant swarm which then that might be cool if it's like the fucking turkey raptors <laughs> in uh, the lost world it's like this army of fucking pomeranians yeah. i could get in on that that would be kind of yeah. cool yeah. But, dude the coffee dickhead freaking out in the elevators is annoying you know the guy that gets spilled on yeah but it's completely true to life, okay? I, I had a coworker freak out when, when when an elevator failed when we were on a tech scout. We were up at the Pfizer building that's in uh, Pearl River, New York, and this is only like a four-story tall building, but we're going up to the floor that we're going to be shooting on for this tech scout, which if you don't know what a tech scout is, it's exactly what it sounds like. You scout the location before you shoot there. You talk about you know whatever special equipment you need for it, whatever the DP is there in order to tell you if he or she is going to do some special shot. But anyway... We're in the elevator and we're going up 
and like the fucking elevator just fails because this place has been abandoned for like 15 years they only use it yeah. for like shooting basically so the elevator dies and you know i'm not really scared about it because it's a four-story tall building if i need to i can crawl out between the floors and i'll be okay but this woman that was in the elevator immediately started panicking and i didn't notice that she was panicking and crying until after i started making a fucking cannibal joke about who we were gonna <laughs> <eat> first. <laughs> It's a uh, poor taste game. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. But like I turned around, I turned around and I see her and her eyes are just welled up and she's already curling into a ball and she's already shaking like uncontrollably. And I was just like, oh, my bad. <laughs> but for the rest of the day, dude, she was like on edge. But it's like it's completely true to life. There, There is, you know, I've yeah. never seen anybody have that kind of a reaction before. But like the the they pushed the button and like the guy came on the the radio or on the phone and he was like he left the radio on while he was trying to help us so that way he wasn't like cutting in or out or hang up yeah. so that way people could hear his voice and he got it open within like a few minutes you know it was fine yeah. but I was just like I I felt really bad that I cracked a cannibal joke about like ten seconds oh, after the elevator awesome. stops. <laughs> But why why would one elevator's brakes immediately fail? Oh, if this man. is like a doomsday scenario in the lab, right? Like what is the purpose <laughs> that you drop a fucking elevator down a shaft? Like what the hell is the purpose of that? I guess Well, it's supposed to be the AI like just trying to eliminate them, keep them from spreading the disease. Yeah, I mean we didn't see above. the inside of that other elevator, so maybe it was full of people and that's what it was doing was just killing off yeah. a bunch of people. So okay, I'll let that go. Yeah. But if if it is like the gas and they want to kill everyone involved to keep the virus from getting out, you would think the powers that would be would just want to maintain the building to salvage something. But like otherwise, why would they just wire the thing with detonation charges if something goes wrong? You know what I mean? Like there's all this like elaborate fucking <laughs> shit going on in order to like keep people from getting out. But I'm like. Just blow the door shut, seal it with a fucking blast door, and that's yeah. it. You know, let everybody starve. Fuck them. You know, they shouldn't have been there in the first place or yeah. something. Spill <laughs> it with water. I don't know. <laughs> with argon or yeah. something. Yeah, Dude, kind of, I mean, just I fucking know. use Halon. You know, like yeah. if you lose use Halon gas to suck the oxygen out, everybody's dead within a few minutes. Fuck them. You know, like that's an easy way to go and you could just call it a fire suppression system but you could have like eight times the amount of gas yeah. that you need for fire suppression you know? <laughs> pretty simple i don't know I it's a good thing i'm not designing shit like this <laughs> if i was an architect my my buildings would be very dangerous to people i think and like, what's this room for oh this is the incinerator room you just put whatever you want in here and right and it just burns you know, it goes up. away <laughs> but dude what the hell ever happened to mila jovovich like for real like is she only doing resident evil sequels because of her husband and his movies or is that nobody else will hire her like i literally have not seen her act in anything that wasn't a resident evil movie since 2008 with that movie stone like, that's yeah. literally the last time that I saw her do anything that wasn't know. fucking Resident Evil related. Maybe she has uh, kids or something and she wants to be <laughs> more dedicated to that. But sure, yeah. you know, I, I won't I won't begrudge anybody for that, but at uh, the same pay, time... Pay like, the bills every once in a while. When, do she's, <laughs> when she's, like, 
60, like Linda Hamilton, is she going to still be doing Resident Evil geriatric movies? Probably. probably. <laughs> also, if she's the only person in the bathroom, as we can clearly see, why is she doing so much to contain her modesty? Like when she wakes up and like she's in the fucking shower, she's like very obviously trying to like hide her nipples with the curtain and like maintain her modesty. And I'm like, it's an R-rated movie. And the camera angles aren't trying to obscure nudity. Just her very awkward, obviously playing to camera is on show here. It's fucking embarrassing to watch this kind of shit. It's like, <laughs> just show me the, you know, God damn it. Like, She's just... in a bathroom by herself. I mean, yeah. yeah. there's no modesty in the bathroom. That's, I know. I know. It's where you take care of your animal needs. <laughs> <laughs> your shame. Shame yeah. in the bathroom. It's a shameful, shameful act. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, she looks and she finds a glass drawer safe filled with guns that doesn't seem like the best safe in the drawer. You know what I mean? I mean, wooden glass are pretty easily broken and it has like that fucking like keypad <laughs> on the top of it. Like, eh, this is just a production design trying to be cool kind of thing. It doesn't actually make any sense. But it's a good thing, dude, that when Mila falls to the ground after being protected by the cop, that her spaghetti strap falls from her shoulder. Also, she can, in slow motion, pull up said strap for spank bank purposes. Dude, I hate it. I hate it when actors aren't trained with weapons. This movie has some of the most egregious shit in it is that you can always tell if they haven't had weapons training because they move awkwardly like they think they yeah. know how people move with guns and you oh, can see it constantly in this. <laughs> you can see it constantly yeah. in this. See any movie that Michael Mann has ever done. Michael Mann puts his actors through the rigors. Like he always puts them through like this fucking weapons training by Mick Gould. And no matter how bad his movie is, even Black Hat, which we fucking looked at a couple of weeks ago, the weapons movement with the actors is natural because he put them through that weapons training, even though that movie's yeah. fucking awful. But besides the fact, Michelle Rodriguez makes our second appearance on this podcast. Sorry, Michelle, again, but she pulls a flashlight to drop down into a service hatch to repair the power <laughs> to the train, right? But she pulls the flashlight out of her vest pouch, puts it in her mouth to hop down, only to pull the flashlight out of her mouth to use it. Wouldn't it be just as easy to leave it in the pouch and then pull it out once you're in the fucking hole? Did we really need a shot of Michelle putting her lips around a phallic-shaped object? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> I also, guess so. When I saw that, though, it was pretty funny because the number one engineering question that I asked when uh, something isn't working. I'm like, well, is it plugged in? And I was like thinking that. And then she looks and she finds the plug unplugged. And I'm like, oh, yeah. There it she is. Problem. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, also, why does her flashlight have a fucking bite-shaped backing so that way she can bite down on it and hold it in her mouth? Is this like a commercially available flashlight with a bite technology? I was confused by that. This is like before the days of headlamps and things like that. I'm supposing. <laughs> I don't know about that, dude. I mean, this is 2002. I'm sure, you know, at least the mil they're not going to have like military guys running around with flashlights in their mouths in order to see shit. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, you probably they got to have your gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, but, whatever. But. <laughs> or you but, get like the aliens, like cool shoulder mounted 
like flashlight thing. You know, right, I like, right. Yeah. It's like a fucking floodlight. <laughs> yeah, that shit's awesome. <laughs> so you can blind everybody that you're fucking shining it on at yep. the same time. But dude, going back to your point, to repair the train power connection is just a simple plug that was kicked out. But why would a train be powered by a non-permanent connection like this? (laughs) Yeah, you can't really plug trains in because they move, right? Unless you have a really long extension cord. But yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, they're assuming that maybe this is like the plug for the third rail or something like that. But like, again... Those things don't plug in. Like, they're hardwired to the fucking circuit line, but whatever. I mean, I've only seen a subway car before, you know? Maybe these people haven't seen a subway car. Also, why would the connection just be hanging rather than mounted? It's, like, literally hanging there, and it's, like, <laughs> Wait, gravity... did they did they come back to that later in the movie? Was that a setup for something? Not that I remember. No? Yeah. I remember, okay. okay, the setup for that, the setup that does pay off for that is that there was the the triggered door or whatever that she drops down in like they push the button and the door or the floor opens up and she drops down and uh, okay they, they do right. come back to that later that's a standard but... feature on trains as well yeah but... absolutely <laughs> duh i mean fuck man <laughs> whatever but jump scares dude jump scares piss me off okay they're cheap and having a frat douche hang his dumbass down into the service hatch only to scare her is acknowledging the audience in that the scares for them, again, played to camera. Like, she has her back to him when it happens. And I'm just like, okay, so obviously they're making the jump scare for the audience that isn't supposed to exist, but you know what? Fuck it, I guess. But why is there why is there only one dickhead who just has to step onto the moving train? Like, why didn't he load in with everybody else? He's, like, fucking standing on the platform and he waits for the train to get going and then he grabs the train and hops on. Is it just so he can look like he's cool or something? It's like this doesn't yeah, make any tactical awesome. sense. But another <laughs> yeah. jump scare happens uh-huh. as Mila's husband falls out. Great. Thanks for another jump scare. And, like, they just keep doing this. There's no real scary shit in this movie. It's just all stupidity like this. Good thing they had that train scene to set up all that exposition that they spell out. <laughs> An exposition like, dump, what? yeah. Yeah, it was like what two or three minutes of exposition. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, they need to. I mean, they start going over like the mission objectives on the train, and I'm like, this seems kind of late for a briefing, right? Like they're already <laughs> in the location. What I don't get is why they brought Mila Jovovich, the cop, and the other dude along. The fake to husband. Begin with. Yeah, I know. Like, I why know. not just execute them on the spot, <laughs> or I don't know, tie them up or something and leave them alone? It seems like a bunch of dead weight. <laughs> like a bad idea to bring a bunch of untrained civilians <laughs> like, <laughs> i actually referenced that throughout this entire fucking like write-up as i keep coming back to that is that we wouldn't have a fucking movie if they had just done what they normally do and just kill yeah. everybody but so when the umbrella corporation camera is scanning and detects the weapons right like when you see the ai looking around and detects that they have weapons one of the scans reveals a G36 assault rifle, right? Which is a real assault rifle by Heckler and Koch. But the info on it states that it's an 8.56 millimeter caliber, which doesn't exist. That's not a fucking round, and it's not chambered. That fucking weapon is not chambered in that round. <laughs> but this is, once again, going into Hollywood not knowing anything about firearms, okay? I don't want to be that guy, because I'm a liberal guy, and like I've told you this before, Paul, like I would never own a gun because I'd fucking use it and I'd be in jail because of it. But like I'm very friendly with guns. I know how to handle them. I was raised around guns. 
But like, I hate to use the term liberal Yahoo writers, but like the fact <laughs> that they don't know what fucking caliber mm. the weapon comes in, it just pisses me off. I'm like, God damn it. Can we just get the fucking weapons master to come down and like advise <laughs> people for Christ's sake? Did anything come of your little Twitter flame war with the Michael Bay? <laughs> My Michael Bay. No, way. dude, I fucking shot back and he didn't answer back. And I was like, God damn it. And I haven't gotten like a cease and desist letter or anything like that. So. <laughs> Fucking irritating. Uh, it was uh, amusing dude. that he actually spent the time to. Yeah, uh, if to if you guys don't know speak. and you don't follow us on uh, Instagram, when we posted a video of a clip of me making fun of Six Underground and the plastic weapons, Michael Bay himself had the gall to fucking answer back on this video and he was like oh well you know plastic guns actually exist and uh you know you need the military's approval in order to fucking you know have them on set and i was like okay sure yeah plastic guns totally exist i answered back i said you know i told okay sure i'll let that go the best thing he said was these guys don't know what they're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) he's like they're (laughs) pretending to be smart and i'm just like well paul's a fucking electrical engineer and knows a lot more than i do about like ferrous materials but i still remember my ferrous materials and nickel sure as shit is ferrous but i answered back and i said hey yeah, uh, yeah, okay, so I'll let go of the plastic gun thing, but what's a real head-scratcher is the fact that these guys wearing bulletproof vests are, like, drawn to magnets, even though bulletproof vests are made out of either fucking nylon or goddamn ceramic. There's no way that they'd be made out of ferrous materials. And I said, also, by the way, the guy that invented neodymium magnets was born in 1856, and he was German, so fuck you. And he never, like, answered back. I wouldn't engage with uh, oh, random man. people on the internet. If I were him, that would be... <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a bad idea. Yeah. But I was just like, dude, I, I wanted so badly for him to answer back because I wanted to get in a fucking, like, war with him over how stupid his goddamn movie is. But it, it has been my dream for forever to say <laughs> fuck you to Michael Bay and for him to know that I hate him. I think that he's a fucking idiot. But the fact that he like answered back was fucking classic. But I, I called a key grip friend of mine a couple weeks ago in order to catch up. And he had seen what had happened on Instagram, but I didn't know he had seen it. And so I called him for something else, and he picks up the phone, and the first thing out of his mouth was, well, I guess we're not doing a fucking Michael Bay movie, are we? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, fuck him, dude. He's a piece of shit. Anyway. (laughs) But again, they don't know anything about firearms, but this round doesn't exist, and the G36 is only chambered in 5.52 or the 223 caliber or 7.62 millimeter variants. It's not chambered in anything else, but somehow they fuck this up, and they just hope that people like me don't notice. Special Umbrella Corporation specially chambered Yeah, sure, sure. Dude, it's revealed that the hive is being protected by the mansion Mila wakes up in, right? Fake husband, etc. But why would a giant mansion be the best cover for a secret entrance to an underground lab? Like, why not put it under something less conspicuous or gaudy? Like, I don't know, a public university or something? It makes more sense now to do it like so. Or car shop, you know, since you've got this railroad loading station and all this shit underground, like... Yeah. But of course, when they breach the hive, one dickhead has to be the guy that clears the now completely dark r- opening to the lab because movie, we just need that tension scene of him walking around a blank fucking room. Also, 
for having night vision, there is no illumination on his eye. Like they cut to his POV and there's night vision. But when they cut to the side angle, like the profile, you see the monocle over his eye and there's no illumination on his eyeball. Is the monocle off or is it a magic night vision goggle that doesn't use a light emitting screen <laughs> to display images? I'm confused. It's just a little monocle that has a green filter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. Makes it look night vision-y. Sure, but I mean, his eye is completely black, so there's like no light at all going on to his eyeball, but whatever. But why does this tactical team that is on a deadline still have the fake cop, like you said, handcuffed and following them? Wouldn't it have been easier to just leave them handcuffed on the train, even if they don't kill them? Like, he slows them down and serves no function of the mission, but they're having him walk behind them throughout the entire fucking mission until he gets killed. But whatever. But it's a, it's a good thing, dude, that the body floating in the tank waited until after they walked away in order to open its eyes and, like, hit the tank with its hand. Because, you know, <laughs> obviously it's only going to wait until they move in order for it to move. But they perform a search line in the dining hall, right? But the team leader doubles back and sneaks up on Mila enough in order to scare her. Again, makes no sense. Like, this is going back to the whole tactical training thing. Like, if you're doing a search line, you don't have the expendable subjects, like, hanging out in one area back where you need to go back and retrieve them. <laughs> Just doesn't make any sense. This tactical team has three stragglers that are unarmed and have no purpose, but they still keep them right next to them. Why? They just keep doing this throughout the beginning of this movie. I would just, uh, I would just execute Kill them. Be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> Say oops. I mean, it's not like anybody's gonna like check up on whether you killed yeah. a bunch of civilians in a fucking like private lab that's like hidden yeah. underground and shit. I mean, I could see like bringing along someone who has intimate knowledge of the place, but sure, yeah, you know, they have memory loss. They're completely useless. Completely useless. But dude, they they hack into the secure doors again on a highly 3D GUI that is not like hacking. Again, stop with the shit, Hollywood. This isn't what hacking looks like. Slow moving laser just happens to be at the neck height of the woman. You know, I mean, this. Okay, so this is a huge problem. (laughs) This whole laser sequence, while it's fun and, you know, interesting and shit. If there is a group of invaders in this hallway and the AI wants to kill all of them, it just sends the grid down and cuts them all into little cubes, you know what I mean? But no, they have to have like this multi-part, let's play with the laser and see if we can get around it type bullshit. This doesn't make any sense for an AI that's trying to kill everybody. I mean, the AI is just having a little fun. Because, I mean, it... It could kill them at any moment, but it chooses to uh, yeah. Talk with them a little bit. Make uh, make them jump around a bit, have some fun, kill them right. one at a time. That's what I do. <laughs> but you know, dude, in answer to the previous question that we posed about the stragglers, is that they have the stragglers, so that way they could continue the mission after the script dictated how smart the AI defense system is. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a movie because everybody gets fucking killed. I mean, they need the expendable characters in order to show, like, how easy it is for this AI system to wipe them all out, but you need to, like, centralize your script around somebody, so why not Mila Jovovich, who has fucking amnesia, and everybody else that has amnesia? Why not? By the way, back to the laser thing. Uh, If you get cut by a high-powered laser your flesh would be cauterized and it wouldn't bleed at all like they show in that final scene where the guy gets gridded up (laughs) so you know it's not realistic the whole like laser hallway thing unfortunately is there all right so i don't know much about (laughs) high-powered lasers i know a little bit about like weapons grade lasers and shit like that but like 
do they have lasers that could presumably do this like cut somebody into slices yeah i mean uh you could be cut up i mean they have industrial lasers like co2 lasers that cut steel and stuff like that right right right. and i mean the problem with human bodies there's a lot of water and the water evaporates and ablates away and blocks the laser from burning the tissue underneath so it'd actually be kind of tricky to uh laser someone to death i think and into pieces (laughs) Because there'd be all this steam and exploding <laughs> tissue and stuff like that. Oh, it would not be this like clean, clean cut thing. It would be right. like this mass of flames and <laughs> smoke and steam and stuff. So, you know. That would have been more interesting if there was like bodies popping, like you know the fucking uh, thoraxes of the fucking spiders in uh, <laughs> arachnophobia. <laughs> uh but dude why why would the red queen holograph be a little girl like why wouldn't why would they need a fucking holograph and upon pleading not to shut down based on power shutting down etc why wouldn't it say that there are genetic experiments that are extremely dangerous in there it's like completely evasive about this sort of thing it like pleads not to be shut down but it doesn't say why Hmm. also like, why would a reset of the mainframe unlock every door that needed to stay closed <laughs> and wake up all the deadheads? Like, seems like a design flaw here. I think it's a design flaw, but it's a nod to video game type things where you pull the switch <laughs> and suddenly all the doors are unlocked and that advances the plot. So, right, in a right, way, right. it's... Uh, Kind of going by the video game. game, Yeah, yeah, sure. Dude, why does every zombie movie always begin with morons not shooting zombies in the head? Like, every zombie movie universe movie apparently does not have undead stories in it. This is a real problem. Okay, (laughs) like, if something is... Like, there's a wave of fucking people coming at me and I don't know that they're undead yet and I want them to stop, I'm not going to shoot them in the gut. The number right. one place yeah. that I could shoot somebody to make them stop is in the head. It's the yeah. first fucking place that I'd Especially be in. Especially if they're close and they're slow. Yeah, I'm yeah. shooting them in the head. Put them down. <laughs> number one. <laughs> you yeah, fucking around. Sure, yeah. Fuck yeah. that, man. But why yell at the deadheads to stay back? And once you saw that shooting in the chest didn't work, why not shoot them in the head again? Like, it's like, oh, they start panicking. And this is such a fucking trope of zombie movies that it pisses me off. Like, just fucking shoot them in the head. At least, you know, Shaun of the Dead, they excused it with that they had never used, like, a real gun. And they were trying to learn how to aim before they shot them one in the head. But why in this movie does every one of the numbnuts fire from the hip in repeated close-ups? And how how has the cop struggled this long to open his handcuffs? He has the fucking key, and yet he's, like, trying to open it, and then he drops it down into the fucking grate, and that zombie, like, falls on top of him, and there's that moment where you think he's going to get bit, but then somebody shoots the fucking zombie in the head, and then he gets up and grabs the key. And I'm like, this guy, if he is a cop, He's having some real trouble, like, unlocking his own fucking handcuffs. But whatever. (laughs) He hasn't practiced enough, I guess. Obviously. But, dude, another numbnut opens the door and doesn't bother looking behind him and just assumes that the room is he's opening is safe. Just enough for, like, the entire zombie horde to grab him and drag him in the (laughs) fucking room. (laughs) It's pretty bad. 
Uh, but dude, yeah. really, really bad shading on the first demon that exits its holding cell. Like I know that this oh. is 2002 and shit, but you know, Lord of the Rings was out in 2002 and they had some pretty yeah. dope shading and visual effects in that movie. I feel like they could have gotten it done on the budget oh, that they had. The, <laughs> what would you call that? The weird zombie dog. Well, it's not a zombie dog. I no, it I. Is. It actually has a name in the Resident Evil universe, but I don't know what it is. I I want to say it's called a nemesis, but I don't remember. The CG tongue is like such a joke. It's it's pretty <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I mean the the holograph. Looked... Yeah, the holograph was pretty decent. I mean the lasers looked cool, <laughs> but they they failed on anything organic. I think that yeah. they tried and. It reminded me of the original Blade and like the really bad CG in that movie. <laughs> don't don't talk shit about Blade. I like Blade a oh, lot. No, Blade is a badass movie, but I feel like Blade influenced this movie quite a bit. It feels similar that in the Matrix, right? I yeah. mean every movie post Matrix seemed to be at least for five years, had that same thing going for it. But uh, Side note, this same year was the year of Blade 2, and Guillermo del Toro oh, directed yeah. the fuck out of that movie, and there was some great, yeah. great fucking makeup effects in that movie. Yeah, with the fucking... no, makeup and the violence in that movie, that's how you do it. And that's <laughs> That was basically a vampire zombie movie, and they did that yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> like when he fucking chops the zombie's head... Like cleaves it in two, and then the piece <laughs> is like looking on the ground and still blinking and looking at them. You're like, oh goddamn! Right, you see, yeah. like, it's brain, uh, <laughs> like I cross like, section of his brain. Yeah, no, I like the moment when badass. he stabs the reaver against the wall and it like rips its thorax in half as it crawls up <laughs> the wall and its entrails fall out. It's great, man. The yeah. fucking movie's great. Yeah. I don't give a shit what people say about that movie. The critics didn't like that movie, but I'm just like, dude, it is hyper violent as fuck, and it's entertaining as shit. <laughs> like, I love that movie, man. Yeah. And Guillermo brought his own thing to it. Yeah, it's good shit. No, I think that's the best Blade, for sure. Somehow, Mila wanders off and no one notices. And why does she wander off in the first place? She just, like, takes off and starts wandering around this facility rather than stay next to the people that have guns for some reason. <laughs> but She has mysteries to solve. Yeah, and the first mystery that she does is that she finds the skinned dog and locks herself in a room and the zombie scares her from behind, yet she didn't hear, see, or smell the zombie prior to her closing the door. It's like it he waits <laughs> until he's right behind her to make any noise, and it's like, oh, okay, whatever. But, dude, Mila's wall kick to kick the dog in the fucking face, like... How did that not feel stupid when they were making it? Like, we're going to do a double jump off of this wall. She's going to spin around. She's going to kick this fucking dog in the face. And if I was sitting there, I'd just be like, what? <laughs> is, there, is there something else that we could do that would be dope? I heard that when they were doing the dogs, they are real Dobermans. And right. uh, they just covered them in, like, meat juices or something. <laughs> And the dogs kept licking themselves clean, like between takes or whatever, because they put meat on dogs and surprise that dogs like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're lucky that the dogs didn't attack each other, you know, like <laughs> all over them. But whatever. Also, it's a good thing that she has just enough bullets to kill all but one dog. Otherwise, the wall jump wouldn't have happened. You know, like if she had right. enough bullets and she just shot it in the head. I guess we're lucky in this case. Yeah. <laughs> 
fake cop fake cop wanders off on his own somehow too i don't know how but no one seems to notice that these people are gone all of a sudden all three of their fucking like you know would-be hostages or whatever are gone and nobody says anything until like much much later in the movie but fake cop sees lisa shuffling up to him but again this zombie waits until she's within arm's length in order to bite at him because again movie why not (laughs) (laughs) but you know dude during the early 2000s they had a real problem with uh, flashback sequences right like telling everything through flashback and this movie suffers from it terribly is that the flashback (laughs) sequences are extremely annoying because she only remembers enough to get her caught up to the scene that we're currently in she never actually remembers past what scene (laughs) that we're currently in (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which i think is hilarious yeah, I, i'm not sure if that's how memory loss works but whatever fake cop talks about how much the t-virus would be worth on the open market right but what asset does the t-virus provide like undead shufflers like that doesn't <laughs> right. seem like it's worth a lot of money yeah like it doesn't actually bring you alive you can't think but somehow this is worth money to reanimate chunks of shuffling flesh I guess if you just reanimate a bunch of dead people and, like, send them toward another army in terms of, like, you know, cannon fodder, maybe that's worth something, but... I mean, if you have the vaccine and you set it loose on the world, then, you know, your vaccine's worth a lot, so that's... Well, there's the thing, though, is that if you release it and people die and their brains are, like, reduced to, like, instinct and then you inject them with the vaccine, it's not going to bring back their intelligence you know what i mean like these are going to be i don't know exactly what (laughs) they don't go into it enough in order for us to have that conclusion but it's like what does the vaccine actually do it's only there for the people that are infected with it that haven't been completely taken over by it yet i mean you treat the populace uh with the vaccine hasn't been infected and they won't turn into zombies if they're bit or die or something i mean if this is supposed to be a biological weapon and you drop this on like an insurgent populace it seems like a bad thing that you wouldn't want to just kill them with like nerve gas that's the point right like you wouldn't want to turn into like a insurgent army full of shuffling zombies well i mean with biological weapons there's kind of the plausible deniability of the whole thing right (laughs) yeah you're like i don't know where the virus came from but you know, it's good for us that it's just killing people we don't like. So, <laughs> <laughs> good thing we have a vaccine to protect our country. Sure. Okay. Right. Well, I'll move. Fa- I'll move past <laughs> it for a second because they talk about how the AI bitch would be pissed when they wake her up, but didn't they say the system would be reset? Like, so how does her memory store past an EMP event? You know what I mean? That's That was one of my big questions, is that if there's an EMP event and she's going to be pissed after it, like how the yeah. fuck does that work with her memory? doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, they talk to the AI for a long time, and she basically says, if you don't let us out, we're going to fry you. And I'm like, but why would the AI have any self-preservation mechanism? Like, it's its goal to not let people out. So if frying her makes her lock all the doors so they can never get out, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, why is she trying to do this self-preservation thing? Whatever. What the fuck? They wander through a very obvious service tunnel, right? But some asshole asks, what is this place? 
I'm like, this guy has never seen or heard of a sewer, apparently. The whole fucking scene in the sewer, it's like so dark, you can't, and it, I don't know, the way they shot it and edited it, it's unintelligible what the fuck's going on. You're like, uh, are you like getting bit? I don't know. Who's that? I think, I think, Paul, you need to check the, the picture settings on your TV because this was pretty well lit on my TV. So you need to check your picture settings. This is like the fourth time that you've mentioned that something is so poorly lit that you can't see what the fuck's happening. Check your television settings, people. But uh, Rodriguez slams fake husband against a grate to explain something and a dozen zombies are miracled without noise or announcement again to swarm and grab him behind the sewer grate. Like, how does that work? But, you know, Mila's, Mila's slow kung fu in the non-edited shots is pretty fucking cringeworthy. Like, when she's doing her slow kung fu, it's, like, it's pretty bad. And it's, like, yeah, you could have edited around that maybe, you know, make it look a little cooler, but whatever. Dude, why do these people always wait to see if a clear zombie recognizes them only to get bit? They, like, wait, and they're like, oh, this guy's kind of shuffling and he's bleeding, and I'm, I'm just going to make sure that he's okay before I, you know, try to defend myself. Yeah. It's like he's bleeding out of the eyes and he's <laughs> shuffling towards you. You're not going to tell me that that guy – I mean, even if he was okay, like, just shoot yeah, first shoot and first. ask questions yeah. later. <laughs> How awesome is it that the people that built this place made a series of pipes that run in line with escape routes and not through walls such as, like, I don't know, fucking pipes? <laughs> like, these pipes are running through places that people can walk on. I'm like, that's not how pipes work, but whatever. Why are they fighting, dude? Why are they fighting so hard to save Kaplan? Like, that guy gets grabbed, and, like, they don't have any connection to this guy. But all of a sudden, he's, like, their most important thing in their world. And he doesn't have shit for them and isn't a lover or a friend or anything like that. He's just a fucking guy that gets grabbed yeah. by the fucking zombies. But all of a sudden, everybody's upset. And it's like they snap zoom to Mila's eye as she hears the gunshot of Kaplan only to reveal that he didn't commit suicide and that he's going to try to live with a thousand bite marks all over his body. Like, what the fuck is this? You never see any of the bites. You never see bullets land. It's just such a pussy R rating. Like when Michelle Rodriguez gets shot in the head, you don't see her brain pan like go flying out. <laughs> All you see is a little dot on her forehead. Nothing right. on the. She's like right in front of a wall. You would expect like a cool effect Brains where brain splatter, but maybe it's a German film thing. I don't know. I mean, Germans I know really Germans... don't like violence in their movies for the most that's part, true. Yeah, especially that's true. gory stuff. So yeah, they edited a lot of was, things. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Uh, I mean, if they're being financed by a German film board, I could see them yeah. trying to step in in terms of the violence that they're creating on the screen. That's, a, that's actually a good point, Paul. Maybe that is actually what happened. But speaking of bite marks, this leads me to the sandwich <laughs> beef of the week, people. I want to talk about Bantry Bay in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, okay? Look, I get it. It's an Irish bar, and maybe not the best place to want an artisan fried chicken sandwich. And to be honest... It's a good sandwich, their fried chicken sandwich. But the chicken is moist and plump, the brioche bun is good, and the chipotle aioli and the fucking jalapenos is pretty dope. But when you bread a chicken sandwich, Paul, and the breading is fucking soaked with fry oil and the breading turns black on the edges, there are a few <laughs> things wrong here. 
Number one, when you deep fry something, let it fucking drip dry on a paper towel or a fucking perforated baking sheet. Do not take it directly from the fryer and place it on the bun because it will be fucking soaked with oil. And you know what, dude? I didn't pay for a fucking fry oil sandwich. I paid for a fucking fried chicken sandwich. But whatever. Number two. <laughs> the black edges in the deep brown color is from the fry oil being too hot and the breading burning. The ideal temperature for fry oil for breaded products is 325 degrees, just in case you didn't know. Do not fuck this up. Burnt breading tastes like acrid shit because it's now a fucking carcinogen. Stop feeding me cancer-causing <laughs> bullshit. This is all to say, if you charge me 14 bucks for a fried chicken sandwich, you should know how to cook a breaded chicken breast better than the fucking deli that I can get the same thing for $6. Until then, Bantry Bay, try again. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like problem that i have with when people fry foods man they just don't know how to fry it properly the oil's too hot they fucking i don't know i struggle I, every time i've tried to make fried chicken it just it's not very good or it just <laughs> out and out sucks and it's so much work and then you've got like a gallon of fucking fry oil that you need to figure out what to do with <laughs> Just, so you're like, well, should I just dump it? this in the Dude, storm drain? I can't dump it down do the sink because it'll congeal in my Master Shake already told you what to do with it. Master Shake said that you got to pour it in the river. It in the forest. <laughs> you did not dispose of the fry oil properly. You know the river is over two miles from here? The river is not where it goes. Yeah, uh, watch Aqua Teen Hunger Force if you don't watch that. Dude. Have you seen, side note for a second, have you seen Mr. Pickles or do you watch Mr. Pickles? That's the uh, demonic dog one, right? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty entertaining. Pretty entertaining right there. It's so fucking hyper violent, dude. It's insane. It reminded me, the first time I saw it, it reminded me of like Super Jail and like its complete like disregard for human life and like gore and whatnot. <laughs> and it's fucking fantastic. But I can't yeah, stop watching good. it because it's so meaty for lack of a better word <laughs> <laughs> anyway moving on rodriguez can't see and is vomiting but they still try to help her despite the warning from the ai system on what she will become and them seeing the actual effects thereof like <laughs> somehow they just keep trying to help her but somehow she sees visions of things and remembers that there's a cure but a cure for what again the reanimation of dead bodies wouldn't that just make them dead again like dead body gets the t virus reanimates antidote on dead body that's reanimated makes it dead again right <laughs> like just fucking gas it or shoot it or light it on fire <laughs> it's the exact same thing but dude it's revealed that fake husband is the guy who released the virus right oh, Not that all see that coming but then it's shown that he had run out of the facility with a very large backpack and gloves on but the quote-unquote advanced ai didn't lock him in despite seeing all of this like, it could see the operators coming in with their weapons and shit, and it was defending against that. Maybe they were in cahoots. What, oh, the shit. AI and this guy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, shit. Why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
corporation wanted uh, the virus released or something. I don't know. I'm sure there's some lore in the game or something. Maybe. Yeah, something that I don't give a shit about. (laughs) 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 But fake husband grabs the gun and holds them all hostage so they can't all talk at length to further the plot but not accomplish anything in real life. Just long enough to show a reanimated girl rising from the water. Nice, nice. It's it's a good thing that, again, they waited for the fucking soliloquies to be finished in order for them to actually reanimate themselves in order to come back to life, but whatever. If you get amnesia as a bad guy and you regain your memory, am I to believe that your bad guy instinct comes back? Like, oh, yeah, I was a shitty person. I did all this fucked up shit. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to be a shitty person to everybody. Is that how amnesia works? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Yeah. What was it? Did he have reasons for doing what he was going to do? Money nope. or something? Oh. No. No, because did. Alice, it's revealed that Alice was the one that, like, met up with that girl in order to, like, sell something to that reporter who's like related to the fucking sheriff or whatever it doesn't matter paul it don't rack your brain trying to remember it's just not worth it fake husband gets bit he betrays them he locks them in then shoots the lock out only to reveal that finally the ai is going to join them and take sides right even though this whole time she could have been helping it's not like she can't see them through the walls and all like they're all shown about a thousand times by now but besides the fact Fake husband sits down to take the antidote, but waits because he hears something. He's already tied off, like, loaded and ready to inject that shit. But he, like, hears something and he waits in order to inject. Like, why not just inject yourself and then keep moving? Like, that's the part that doesn't make sense here is that, oh, I hear something. Let me stick this shit in my vein real quick and fucking shoot up. And then I'll go back to what I'm doing. He, like, waits around. He's like, oh, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. And lo and behold... He gets fucking attacked by that creature that's really poorly fucking animated. But there's a high angle, a high angle showing the creature eating him that cuts into a super zoomed in security footage. So that way you can see the detail of him eating him that looks exactly like the next movie shot that they cut to. And like, how does this keep happening in movies, Paul? Like, are are they just unaware of this when they're editing it together? And they're like, oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Like, nobody's going to fucking notice that. Shitty, shitty filmmaking here, people. I think I'm done. Fuck this movie. It's over. Right? <laughs> no, no, it's not over yet. There's a little bit more. Damn but Damn <laughs> the AI says that she doesn't deal in chance in response to Rodriguez asking about the chances of the antivirus will work. But why would the company be making the antivirus without knowing if it works? So now the AI all of a sudden wants to contain the virus again because Rodriguez is infected, even though she should be afraid for her life with the previously mentioned circuit breaker fry you threat. But this brings me to my hack attack of the week and it comes in form of a fake out scene, right? A low-angle axe-wielding shot of Mila swinging the axe down toward camera cuts to a high-angle smash of a computer screen and somehow triggers the EMP to fry the AI again. Like, what the fuck is happening here? I hate this shit. It's like, it's the fucking, oh my god, she's gonna kill Michelle Rodriguez, and then, like, she doesn't, she whacks the monitor, and I'm like, okay. So she whacked a monitor. So how does whacking a monitor trigger an EMP device in order to fry the fucking AI? 
it just it's, it doesn't make any sense it's like trying to use these peripherals as like part of the brain of the ai that causes it to fucking short or whatever but okay. this is this is a classic bit of misdirection poorly handled shot edited etc that calls attention to the fact that this is indeed a movie and that editing <laughs> can cause more attention than the real life situation but apparently dude shooting out a locking mechanism wasn't really what was holding the door in place. It was an electrical lock being maintained by the AI, oh. which, again, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Mila, Mila knows people bitten by the T-virus are dangerous, but she gets within a foot of fake husband just so that they can have a missing you already call back on numbnuts. Once again... <laughs> He doesn't make sense because she would have already hit him in the skull, but no. We have to wait for him to reanimate because it's scary to have one more jump moment before they jump on the train. But wait! It just so happens that Rodriguez waited until they needed to open the fucking floor doors in order to die and reanimate <laughs> because she knew as a character that her reanimation would be most exciting and stressful when the movie needs it to exist. So what I'm waiting for, the right moment. To turn zombie yeah <laughs> most inconvenient for everyone what would be your chosen like zombie moment to reanimate like mm. if you were a zombie in the apocalypse what do you think would be the most entertaining way for you to reanimate <laughs> in order to fucking take advantage of whatever's going on um, in the scene i don't know if you're like going up to a urinal and the guy like there's like 12 urinals in the bathroom and you're sitting there pissing and the far right one or whatever and the guy like chooses the one right next to you to come piss at and you're like what the fuck man there's like six other urinals to piss in why do you have to be close to me and that's when you turn into a zombie because he's an asshole and like hold him down and bite his dick off and rip yeah, his entrails yeah. out through like his ball that. sack yeah know. that'd be yeah. good i could see that all right yeah i mean you should make that into a movie that's that's <laughs> Dude, somehow these people are able to get past all the AI fail-safes in exactly eight minutes in order to get to the mansion, right? But good thing the ticking clock is exactly long enough for all these events in order to occur. Like, God forbid the ticking clock is five minutes and it takes ten right. minutes to get out. Otherwise, they'd be fucked. Why is there even a ticking clock to begin with? Why doesn't it just know. happen? I mean, what this goes ready? back to our previous episode <laughs> where we were talking about, I think it was in uh, Under Siege 2, where we were talking about, like, why does everything need a fucking ticking clock? Like, why not just detonate it and say, fuck it, and everybody dies? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. but dude, it's, it's night during their time in the mansion, right? When they're up in the mansion near the end of the movie. But when fake cop starts mutating Umbrella Corp, spooks show up and grab him, and there's light flooding in that's so bright that it looks like day and i'm like really they have these giant floodlights just sitting outside pointing toward that door just to have this dramatic reveal <laughs> but mila wakes up with a super tiny gown that barely covers her important bits because director husband again he doesn't want to show off his wife too much he wants to show that she's like her like her fucking outfit in this scene doesn't make any sense. Like if she is a fucking genetic experiment or they're fucking around with her, she would just be naked on the table or she would have like a gown on. Like it wouldn't be this like sort of sexy, like dental hygienist like <laughs> thing hanging around her body. Yeah, I'm not sure what the point of that whole garment is. 
if you want to call it that was. It's for him to show off his wife uh, a little bit uh, with the, uh, without <laughs> having to show her nipples and bush like out there for everybody to see. Mila uses a needle from her IV to short out a card reader that unlocks this super secure door. Like these people have the worst security <laughs> ever. She literally like jams this needle into the card reader and it shorts the door out and opens it. But Mila wanders out. She finds a shotgun and cocks it as we crane out and see the entire world is fucked. Oh shit, we're gonna have a sequel to this goddamn movie, dude. And we roll <laughs> credits, and lo and behold, Slipknot Thrash Metal is fucking playing on the soundtrack because it's 2002, and fuck it, why not? We're just gonna try to sell the soundtrack album and get some money off of this thing. This goes back to what we were talking about, Hollow Man, dude. Like, during this time period, like, just having bad thrash metal, like, sitting around on the standby <laughs> for the score. It yeah. doesn't make any sense, and it just fucking hurts when you go back and you watch it 18 years yeah. after the fact. Matrix did it. You know, yeah, it, but the Matrix used Rage, Rage Against the Machine, Machine right. who is like a timeless fucking band, not Slipknot, who's like this weird screamo shit that did one good album, and then everything that they did after that fucking sucked because they were too busy worrying about what their masks look like, like Guar, <laughs> rather than actually paying attention to whether their music is any good. But dude, it, this movie is such a fucking like waste of time, and I fucking hate that this is why I hate this movie, is that it's just boring as shit, yeah. and there's nothing really interesting about it. But, you know, whatever. I, at least I never have to watch this movie again because now I have professionally shitted on it and I never have to come back to it. I feel like maybe I might have to go watch the whole series now because <laughs> reasons. I don't know. I mean, the second one has that, like, nemesis creature that comes out and he's got, like, the minigun arms and he sprays bullets toward everybody. But he doesn't hit anybody and nobody, like, <sighs> fucking explodes in, like, you know, blood sausage type violence, mm -hmm. which is insane. Mm -hmm. Side note, I just bought District 9 on 4K <laughs> because they came out with it. And that movie yeah. has some of the juiciest violence. Yeah, goddamn violence. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking violent as shit. And I mm. love, I love every time that he fucking pulls out the lightning gun and it just causes people <laughs> to explode. <laughs> like, it's fucking disturbing, dude. Like, I just watching it again this week, like, he gets hit by that truck in the mech thing and he falls over. And that guy gets out and he's kind of fucked up from the accident. And he just comes at him shooting him at him with the AK-47 and he puts up the latent lightning gun and he shoots him and the guy just disappears and his fucking like clothes and blood spray all over the hood of the car and I'm just like, Jesus. <laughs> it's like in Rick and Morty when he goes to visit the president and he tells those guys not to touch him because they're going to die and that one guy touches him and the guy just like dies. And he's like, what was that? And he's like, death. Scary, isn't it? And he's like, how? And he's like, doesn't matter. He's dead. He's like, that's it. Just lights out. <laughs> Paul, I'm sure you don't have much to say about this movie other than you might go see the other Resident Evil movies at some point. You said you saw the second one. Have you seen? I saw the second one and the third seven. one. I haven't. I haven't gone past the third one. The third one was where I stopped. Why'd you go that far, Gabe? I don't know. I was hoping <laughs> that one of them would be violent at some point, but like none of them really are, and they just keep getting stupider. Yeah. But. This movie, I think, is really bad because the other ones have like kind of floundered depending on which movie it is, but they all are not memorable. I think if you took all six of them and you edited out the best chunks into a two-hour movie, that that movie might be interesting. Yeah, but like, yeah. 
having you know 12 hours of movie and it all sucks it's just like really <laughs> fucking hard i can't yeah, get through it yeah it's pretty depressing but people pay a lot of money to see these fucking shit bombs so paul ws anderson is just a piece of shit man i mean when i saw aliens versus predator i wanted to kill myself when i was sitting there watching it and at least these movies are rated r yeah yeah at I least mean, there is that, that. And they didn't try to do like a PG-13 middle one or whatever. Like they've stayed with the R rating. So, you know, I guess kudos for that in some way. Because I figured that at some point some greedy producer would be like, you know, we could make more money off of this if it was a rated PG-13. Maybe we should cut one of these into a PG-13 rating so that way we can, you know, I don't know, get more people in the theater, blah, 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 blah. It was like uh, when we went to go see Terminator Salvation, like the same kind of thing, like PG-13 it's sort of there but even in the r-rated version of that movie it's not interesting enough and there's not enough violence for you to give a shit about it and it's like dude arnold in the second one was like fucking stabbing people with all sorts of shit and like the fucking t-1000 is like shooting its fucking (laughs) blades through people and to not have that in a terminator movie is just like a complete betrayal of anything that's terminator no hearts were ripped out or anything yeah, yeah. they made like two or three PG-13 Terminator movies by now, I think. I try not to pay attention to those movies just because the last like four have sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when they're going to let that die, but like they just keep making them yeah, and I don't know why. Bringing. Dear listeners, that was 2002's Resident Evil, a fucking boring and useless movie. Like this is the kind of thing that you might see like playing on network television at like three o'clock on a Saturday. And you're just like, <laughs> Oh, maybe I'll, Oh no, no. You know, there's some, a little bit of, okay, I'm going to change the channel and watch something else instead. That is exactly what this fucking movie is. It's just like a filler between commercial breaks of your other program <laughs> that you're currently watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Paul, looking forward, I know that you want to – obviously, we have Zardoz coming up. You wanted to do that one, and then we wanted to do Color of Night. But uh, what did we bring up earlier in this podcast that you were saying might actually be good in order the, to look uh, at? Adam Sandler Halloween movie. Oh, right. Called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should add that to the list so that way it's yeah. there because I, I think, think – I read one blurb review on it and like, oh, yeah, Adam Sandler is going back to his typical bullshit. <laughs> Just – they framed it as because he didn't get his Oscar for uh, whatever Gems movie it was. What's it called? Yeah. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. That he was pissed about that. So he's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to make another <laughs> awful movie just to punish you. He actually just... said that in some interview. I can't remember what okay. interview it was. But yeah. he literally said that. They were talking to him about the lack of the nomination. He's just like, well... I just I'm, I guess I'm just gonna go do six terrible movies in order to show you how bad I can really be. <laughs> I give a shit. And I was like, well, at least he knows, you know. I mean, that's good. It's not like uh, any of the other dick click that's running around out there with uh, Adam Sandler, like Rob Schneider, and all those assholes <laughs> that think that they're still doing interesting content. Like yeah. Rob Schneider has a fucking TV show on Netflix, dude, called Real Rob. How the fuck oh. did that happen? How did he get three seasons? I'll just give anyone a TV show. I know. <laughs> I mean, there's like that South Park joke where like Netflix picks up the phone. And they're like, hi, Netflix, you're greenlit. Let's move. <laughs> it's like anybody that'll call in gets a fucking TV show. But, you know, I mean, to their credit, they have all the money in the world. So why not make uh, everything they... under the sun? <laughs> yeah, man. 
they can afford to make whatever they want really and <laughs> they do have a good thing come out every once in a while i guess do they yeah. i mean the irishman was the last good thing oh, that i remember yeah, yeah. i'm i'm watching i'm currently <laughs> watching uh the haunting of bly manor yeah how's that it's fine i mean it's well made and it's crafted well but like there's really not that much interesting shit happening and i'm in the fifth episode and i'm yeah. like there's been like hardly any like scary shit happening or like ghost <laughs> shit happening. Yeah. But did you did you watch The Haunting of Hill House? No, I don't think so. I think it's the sixth episode because it's the same creators, you know, but I think it's the sixth episode. There's like this one sequence that it's a 17 minute long take that takes place over multiple time periods within the house. And it's fucking brilliant, dude. Like it's a really, really brilliant episode. Mm. But there's a 17-minute take that cuts into a 12-minute take that cuts into, like, a 14-minute take. It's all spaced around, like, these long, drawn-out, like, camera moves. Huh. And it's really, really good shit. You should totally watch okay. The Haunting of Hill House. I liked it. It was that moment that I told you this before, but I've been wanting Mike Flanagan to be a good director for a long time. You know, like, I saw Hush and I saw... Uh, Oculus and a bunch of other movies that he had done. And I was like, I wanted him to do something good. And then he did Hill House. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is great, great fucking material. The guy has arrived. He's made something that's legitimately yeah. great horror. And then he did uh, Dr. Sleep. And I was like, fuck, man. Like, why? Why does this happen? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted something to be good. And like, he fucked it up. And so now I'm back watching Bly Manor, hoping that it's good as well, but it's just, it's unspectacular and too much of it shares similarities between Hill House and Bly Manor that I'm just like, I already saw this. It was in Hill House, you know, and it was better in Hill House, but whatever. Yeah. And Hill House is like scarier and more fucked up and more violent and more grotesque and just like, okay, so who is Bly Manor made for? It's just like this weird, stupid, like, drama about this girl who's, like, struggling because her boyfriend or her fiancé is dead. And there's, like, maybe a couple of ghosts in every other episode. Who gives a fuck? Watch The Witcher. That was a... <laughs> oh, yeah? I haven't seen that yet. It was entertaining. It's, like, dumb as shit. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of like take Hercules' the Legendary Journeys or something like that and... Right. Mix that up with some ultra violence and gratuitous nudity, and that's The Witcher, <laughs> I guess. I don't know what else to call it. Did you play it. the game? I did, actually. I played three, and that's pretty, okay. it's a pretty damn good game, actually. That's what everybody yeah, tells me. That. Like, everybody tells yeah. me that that should be the next game that I play is The Witcher 3, but I, I mean, I asked my brother, I was like, am I going to be too far out of the loop with one and two in order for me to play three? And he's like, no, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> Just fucking play it. I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. Are you going to watch that Netflix show called Barbarians? Have you seen the trailer for that? No, I haven't. It looks like Gladiator, but it's like taking place in like Roman times when the Romans are about to fall. And it's it looks pretty fucking interesting and like violent and well-made. And I'm like, hmm, I'm, I'm into that. You know, something really violent from Netflix. Anyway, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us this week. Once again, I am Gabriel Chavez. And I am Paul Schendel. Thanks for joining us, guys. Have a great night.